You're listening to the Finding Unique Value Podcast with Jay Sparks. Hi, this is Jay Sparks, your host of Finding Unique Value, where I interview business leaders that have found unique value in their business or industry that others have not seen or explored. I'm excited today to be joined by Terrence Lomax, founder of Journey, a video branding company that works with high-ticket service industries to help clients become the leading brand in their niche. Terrence provides value by combining a couple different things that are typically separated. He combines brand positioning, social video, and new client leads in his business. So instead of hiring three separate agencies to do this or three different uh, employees, Journey is able to do this all in one shop. This provides incredible value to his clients. I'm sure there are other benefits that we'll learn about too. So welcome to the podcast, Terrence. Great welcome. To talk to you. Thank you for having me. Great. Could you take a minute? Uh, we were talking earlier about your, uh, uh, your background. It's really interesting uh, how you came to be leading uh, Journey. Could you uh, take a few minutes and just uh, tell us, those of us that, uh, that don't know you well, uh, where you came from and how you got to be uh, um, the founder of this firm? Yeah. Is it from the personal end or from the kind of like the LinkedIn business, uh, you know, places I work type of end? I'll start with the personal piece. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm, um, I grew up, I was born in Boston, grew up in Boston, um, right here in, in uh, over in uh, Talbot Ave, Common Square. Anybody who knows Boston knows what that area was like mm-hmm. 25 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, I was in a unique program education-wise that's called MECO. Um, You know, MECO takes kids from the inner city and it gives them an opportunity to go to school in uh, in the suburbs to diversify the type of students that are in these these towns. Um, So my mom put me on the waiting list when I was zero. I got called when I was six, five, sorry. So it took five years to get called. So it's a pretty, you know, sought after program. A lot of parents looking for to get, quote, better education. you know, in those schoolings with more, that have more resources. Yeah. So um, I, w- I, w- I was in that program from the time I was in kindergarten all the way up to I was a senior and I graduated out of that program and I was in Lincoln and then I was in Lincoln Sudbury. Okay. So every day, an hour and a half in the morning on the way back for three hours of traveling every day to get to school and then to come back to school just to have this, uh, mm-hmm. this opportunity to mm-hmm get schooling elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's the school. I don't know if that's a, if that's a, a yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no. So that, that's, so how was that? Um, um, cause you added three hours onto your day mm-hmm. that most of your peers didn't have. Mm-hmm. So you must have showed up really tired yep. and got home really tired. Yep. Right. So how did that, how did that change? Uh, when you're looking at your classmates who were actually in that town and yeah. didn't have to do that, how, how did that, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you obviously feel a little bit of animosity, right? Like, because this guy's just, you know, taking a shower and, and driving his, 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 his Audi to school. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and it's, not, it's nothing against that person. It's just like, man, I don't have that. I've been up for two hours. Um, yeah. um, I'm always a person who tries to think, um, no matter, I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously things happen in life, but I, I try to think of things as not good or bad. I try to think of things as uh, an experience happens, an event happened, and then, how would I like to use this event to better myself or grow myself, whatever that may be, even up to like death, something yeah. like that. Like the worst thing we can think of, I still think, okay, what, what is the, uh, what is the, what is the takeaway here that I can use, use yeah. to keep to building myself. So uh, I say that to say, when I think about my class, I think about that ride and I think about those people that were in that school with me are still to this day some of my best friends because there's a type of loyalty that gets built when you got when you, you hey you're standing at McDonald's with this guy getting a sausage egg and biscuit at five o'clock in the morning too with your with headphones on teach you know you guys are sharing music together you're building this bond that is really hard to especially as you get older you just don't have that type of time with people anymore so you just never forget that and you guys are on this bus together going through this experience together so that's the takeaway I thought that was good of it you know? yeah yeah no that's crazy now so how did that get you to the next step right because soon after that you started to get into more movie making right right, right. yeah so so i was in uh, i was in again the schools had a good amount of resources so in high school honestly i was not the best student uh i wasn't a 4.0 you know going to princeton type of guy um school just wasn't my thing i love the people in school i love the teachers in school teachers love me but as far as taking and regurgitating information I wasn't the best at it, um, and I was. I'm, I'm, I learned. I know now. A person who can touch things. You know, yeah. you can tell me about the Apple iPhone all day. 
spreadsheets and, and PowerPoints, but you put the thing in my hand, I'm going to learn a lot faster. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw these kids, we had elect elective blocks, and during the elective block, these kids were walking around, like three or four kids with these big, huge movie cameras. This is, this is 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. It's crazy. Um, and they're walking around with these big movie cameras, and, I, and, and they're joking around. They're doing backflips, joking, jumping off the walls. And I thought it was a joke. I said, what, what's going on? And they said, I said, you're going to get in trouble with the, you know, when the teacher sees you. said, no, we're not going to get in trouble. We're, we're in a class right now. I said, this is a class? You're going to get, well, I said, I literally stopped, stopped and said, you're getting credit for doing whatever this is? And they said, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a video class. And I said, I want that, you know, because at least it, I just felt like it was fun. They get to be outside in the summertime and springtime, you know. And that's how the thing started. It started as I, I bumbled and fumbled my way into this elective that I said, I can get credits to joke around and film, film stuff, whatever. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to get credits for it. So that's how the whole thing began. And we ended up in that, me and my best friend ended up taking that class, who then later became my business partner. Yeah. That's incredible. So yeah. it wasn't even that you loved movie making. No. You, you just knew that this typical structure sit down doing a worksheet yeah. was just not working for you. It wasn't working. Making it crazy. Yeah, one of my kids exactly the same way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it, and that's not um now that we know now in science it, it right. has nothing to do with you. You were born that way. Right. Right. So yeah. you're hardwired. That's why you can be so creative. Yeah. Whereas for me, I'm thinking, you know, one, two, three, yeah. four, I don't think about these other purposes. Uh -huh. you know? So uh -huh. for instance, that's why you're more likely to take these three different disciplines mm -hmm. and move them together. Because these are not normally together. No. What you do um when I what I know as from the outside as, as a business person, these are very separate things. So in my mind, they're siloed, right? And that's not a good thing because they need to be integrated. It's kind of like, you know, in the early 90s, you know, Microsoft Office, you know, that was the first you know, group of, of software that learned to talk to each other. And all of a sudden, the value really came out of those, those, uh, those applications. It's very much like this. Branding is important, mm -hmm. but if you don't have uh, a, a, a video content mm -hmm. piece of it, right, it's less importance mm -hmm. and if you don't have a way to generate leads and why are you doing it in the first place mm -hmm. are you the ego mm -hmm. is it to mm -hmm. check the box somewhere right. right and you apparently found a way to just do all that in in one uh yeah. one fell swoop which is which is fantastic which, which we can get into in a in a minute here but so you started to do this this movie making mm -hmm. just because it, it actually fit with kind of how you you're naturally hardwired which is great mm -hmm. so of course you enjoyed it Mm -hmm. Now, at one point, did you decide I want to get good at this? I don't right. want to just do it. I want to actually be really good. Yeah. So, so it's it's like I think it's like a sport. You know, um, it's funny. The person I was, uh, my best friend, who I was doing this work with, um, in 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 high school, his name's Marquise. Um, he was a star athlete. He went to go become a D a D one star a football player, and I was a basketball varsity basketball athlete. So, gotta understand us. We, people used to joke around, like, what are you guys, like, hooking up with each other? Because we had to go into this dark room after we film things, and and we'd be in there, and it was like a sport. And I just yeah. got a, I got addicted yeah. to the ability to take these, basically manipulate footage. I know it's a, that's kind of a bad word, manipulate, but take this thing yeah. and make different stories out of it. Yeah. Of, of something that I filmed or we filmed together. So, um and the fact that we could start telling our stories through this thing, and this is way before YouTube, way before Facebook, way before any of that. Like, so I know in my heart of hearts that it was a passion because I wasn't doing this, what they say, for the kids say for the gram. I wasn't doing this for likes and selfies. None of that was this. It was, it was just us in a dark room with editing software just manipulating, going, wow, we put this soundtrack and our, our favorite song here and there. And I was just falling in love. I, we started falling in love with it and, and wanting to make it better and better. I bet it's like a... a um, someone who's woodworking and, and you're thinking the table's done, man, just give me the table. And they're like, they're just chipping away, trying to make it better and better and better. And just, no one's telling you to do this, you know, no one's yeah. saying you already got the egg kid, you know, yeah. but we're just, I was, we just got fanatical about it. And every story we would make and export, we would want to do another one and want to do another yeah. one. And, we, and you go to sleep at night. I remember just having ideas about what's the next movie going to be. What's the next one? What's the next one? These short films we were making. It was the passion. You yeah. know? Was, was there any point when that, switch flipped or it just happened over a period of time as you started to learn yeah how it was uh well uh the, the switch flipped and it was that i wanted to keep continue doing yeah, it more yeah. than the class yeah oh yeah because i remember the class would end and they would say put it down and go to your next class and yeah. we were begging the guy i remember begging the teacher uh hey can we come back after school can you please open this up we want to keep editing it's like it was a, it was like an addiction you know yeah, yeah. um which is funny because no one wants to do that work now so like editing is one of the most sought after 
uh, disciplines right now because everybody wants content, nobody wants to edit, you yeah. know. Um, so that that was actually therapeutic at, at that. It was tough, but it was therapeutic at that time yeah. to, to go through this. You know? Now, do you think there was a there was a, a connection between that and being an athlete? Because seems like mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities, right? Because you got to try things, you got to fail, you got to. Um, um, there's a lot to learn. No one yeah. starts out being the best. Right. You got to start and kind of learn the basics and, and, and go through it. And yeah. then once you get better, then you want to. You're the guy, you know, if you really want to be good, you got to be the guy that's there early in the morning, mm-hmm. late at night, mm-hmm. weekends, because there's always someone else practicing. Yeah. So if you're not practicing more, you're, you're, you're never going to you're never gonna win. So yeah. did you see a lot of similarities between your basketball career and, yeah. and the film? Actually, to be honest, I feel like the work ethic or discipline of practice and basketball and sport and fundamentals, I felt like this was completely opposite outlet. I felt like I was able to get creative and start using colors. And, and there's a lot of creativity in sports, of yeah. course, but this felt like me a separate okay. world, which was kind of cool because when we would show up to basketball practice, nobody in basketball practice cared what we were. Like, they didn't understand, like, what is that? And then you got to remember, there's a lot of kids that are serious about film. Yeah. And they're like, these athlete kids, what are they doing in here? Yeah. What are they joking around? And so, so it almost felt like we can, we gotta, we're proving ourselves, too, that you may think that we're something that you didn't expect us to be, but we have talent, too. So I think that was the competitiveness, but as far as actual creation, the creative process was actually a little bit therapeutic in that way. That It's not like your coach telling you, run this play. Yeah. You know, you got to run this play right or you're going to sit down. There's no play in film. You know, it's, there's no play in creating videos. It's, it's you create the play, you know. Yeah. So I think I found freedom in that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So when did you first get your first, you know, product? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So we made this movie. Um, we made this movie about uh, it was about Madden actually, the, like the you know John Madden the football game. Okay. Silly, goofy movie okay. at the time. We brought our friends into it. It was just about playing Madden and mm-hmm. kids cheating, and it was funny. We we had our friends in it, and we thought it was a joke. We created it. It took us a whole semester to create this. We presented it to the class. He teacher gives us an A, but not only does he give us an A, he says, you know, I think you guys might have just been you know, getting your hands, you know, wet with mm-hmm. this term, but getting your hands, you know, into it. But I think you guys have some serious talent. And he said, I want to invite you to come next year. That would have been our senior year to go to the advanced class, which was actually called the art and storytelling film. So the first class was just intro the video. Yeah. Just, you know, here's technology, yeah. play, learn, create. This one next was about, about storytelling. You know, yeah. how are you going to, how do you storytell with these things? Yeah. And so that, I mean, we didn't really, I was excited, but again, I just thought, I don't know what my, my, my friends thought, but I just thought, great, another way to get credits for free without doing anything. Like, this is fun. This, we had a lot of fun with it. Another way to get credits doing the same thing. Great, let's do it again. And that's how we, that ended up into a, a much more serious class and, and then a much more serious work that we started creating, you know? So it's almost like the thing found me. I didn't really find the thing, you know? I didn't go searching, like, on some deep journey trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, you know? When I get older, I was just like, I was just following intuition, and then things started presenting themselves. Yeah, and yeah. But well, you, 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 when you like something, that makes it easier. Yeah. I and mean, then you're good at it. Yeah. Which you were able to get good at it uh-huh. very quickly. Right. Then it's really fun. Right. 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 So it's not necessarily follow your passion. It's follow what you're good at. Right. Right. Uh, like right. Basketball right. apparently. Yeah. I don't know if it came easy for you, but yeah. you were good at it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so it was way more fun. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean. In the devil's advocate to that situation is like there's a couple guys who are actually dropping out of the NBA right now. It's kind of crazy. People are like, "What are you crazy? That's a one yeah. percent. Only one in a million, yeah. a billion yeah. people make it." And the guys are saying, "Listen, man, I'm good at this thing naturally. I, I got God-given mm-hmm. talent, but I don't like this industry. You know, mm-hmm. this is killing my, me yeah. mentally every day. I got to wake up fifty thousand fans, and mm-hmm. I don't want it anymore. I want to yeah. go be an artist or whatever, yeah. work on Wall Street. I don't know, yeah. but." You know, so for me, I thought it was a good balance of both. Yeah. I liked the thing, and you're right. I had to have some type of talent. We had to have some type of talent that the, the teacher said, hey, go get to the next level, you know? Yeah. So now, what did you do next? Mm-hmm. So you had this experience in high school, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Not only did you have the video, but, you know, now, fast forward however many years it's mm-hmm. been, storytelling is the mm-hmm. focus of everything. Everyone's mm-hmm. trying to get better at that, mm-hmm. right? And you learned on that when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's incredible, right? Yeah. So what was the what was the next step? So now that you you had this experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had this experience. Uh, I go to college. My friend goes to college. Uh, in between that, we, which is a story we didn't we didn't touch on in that next class, the art of storytelling. We thought we, we didn't even touch equipment for six months. Uh, wow. five, four months. We didn't touch yeah. equipment. It was all the nuts and bolts. Like right, I remember just big sheets of paper. We had to write boxes and cartoon and yeah. sh- and really yeah. 
frame by frame. Yeah. It was the hardcore, like Steven Spielberg edition yeah. of how do you do filmmaking, which yeah. taught me a lot. Was that um, fun or was it? That was not fun. That was excruciating <laughs> no because we just want to get out there and shoot. Yeah. And they're like, no, you got to, let's, let's figure that out. And I look back and it's very important because what I was really learning at the time and from a marketing angle, which I didn't know at the time, was I was understanding what's the power of messaging. Yeah. Because you tell a story this way with this message yeah. and switch it, yeah. even even in just the, uh, you know, hypothetically, it changes yeah. the outcome. So that has nothing to do with filming. That has everything to do with crafting messaging, which is, that's extremely important today. I think it's actually more important than having beautiful cameras and, 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 and you know, talent and makeup and all that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't matter unless the messaging is, is, is right. And that messaging work, I didn't know at the time we were, we were focusing on and we were figuring out how do you, what's the foundation of this? What's the fundamentals of, of messaging, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's incredible. You learned that so young. Yeah, yeah. So I, think, I don't even know if I answer your question, but yeah, from there we won a, we won a, a film festival. Ah. Without trying at that time, we made this. We made this film during this. We had, you know, we, in this one class, we made the whole thing was for six months. And then you make one film. We made the film, short minute film, like fifteen minutes long, I think. Okay. Um, it was semester, uh, the the teacher again. He just saw something we didn't see in ourselves. He submitted it to a film festival, yeah. and we won in the film festival. And wow. to and to give you a, a perspective, of how much we didn't think it was important, um, we missed the film festival <laughs> to go to the biggest senior party okay. of that year. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like film festival that we've been into or big house party yeah. out in the suburbs. We're gonna go do that. Yeah. And we went and did that. And I still don't have any regrets for it, but it is kind of crazy that it was. I think that was again. You get these little signs along the way that are like, yeah. no, no, no. Stay close to that. Stay closer yeah. than you might have thought to that. So, wow. um, I went to school to end up going. I went to school for communications and marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I completely didn't think about film again for five years. Oh, I just, wow. I, I just thought, you know, at that time, again, no social media, no yeah. content, no YouTube. I just thought. What am I gonna do? Go to Hollywood and become? Yeah. I don't. I don't have resources for that. Like I. I don't. I can't make a career doing that. You know. You didn't. You, you, did you not want to do that, or would you, would you have done it if you had the opportunity? Like to make oh, of course. If someone was like, "Hey, when you get out of here, Stephen Silver's gonna stop for yeah. you." Of course, I'm gonna. I'm gonna focus everything towards that. But it just didn't see. How, it didn't see. It didn't seem logical to me. Yeah. Um. I just didn't see a path, and no one was actually trying to help me. Like hey, that's the way. You know. You know. Do it this way. Um. And so I just kind of let it go. I. I I just let it go. It's, you know, I, and, and I'm so young. I'm thinking I'll find something else along the way. I'll find some another passion along the way. Mm -hmm. And I was really passionate about music and marketing at that time as well. I wanted to get into the music industry at that time, mm -hmm. uh, which I did. You know, in the story we'll get to it. But I, I ended up in the music industry, but a different way than I thought I was going to end up in the music, mm -hmm. music industry. Okay. Yeah. So how'd you get up in the, in the music industry? Now, so now. <laughs> I went to, I'm in college and I'm trying to become an A&R. An A&R, who people don't know, is it's the person who finds talent for record labels. I thought this was it. I thought this was what I was going to do, meant to do in my life. I was so passionate about music, not making, but curating it, yeah. finding people and bringing them to the right people. I was fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. I, was dig I just, I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought I was going to go in the music industry when I when I when I graduated. I was going to force my way into like Sony or or or, or uh, you know BMG or uh, Def Jam or something. Yeah. I was going to find a way. I was going to find a way. Some of my buddies were already into it, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to let them get comfortable, and then I'm going to they're going to pull me right in. I, I just didn't know how, but I knew it was going to happen. And then in 2008, the market crashed, and so the market crash didn't mean much to me because I was in college, but all those jobs were gone. Every day, everybody in the record industry was called that I knew that was in there, even as interns were like, don't come here. There's no more money in music. This thing called Napster is eating away from yeah. us. Yeah. This thing called iTunes is yeah. killing us. You don't want to come here right now. This is, a, this yeah. is, this is not a good, this is not a good look. <laughs> and so my heart's kind of like devastated. Um, I had a background in sales that I got while I was in, right before college. And then while I was in college, all commission based jobs, that taught me, that got me really more into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I believed I could do it because I was, I was selling cell phones. And then I was, from the cell phone selling, I was, I was getting pretty good money, really good money for that age. And I had no paycheck. I had no, no salary. Yeah, yeah. So that was teaching me, hey, wait a minute. While everybody goes and looks for a salary, you could not only not have a salary, which is obviously, you, don't have the, you, you won't have the safety of a salary, but you will have an opportunity to grow if you can create value. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you yeah. can do that 
then you can you have this there's no tick there's no level to what you can make you know yeah, yeah. and also so, you're, you're you're in control so no one else can like control lay you off or find right, you right or right right this place is going they literally said you can call I mean it was a schedule but it's very lenient like do you want to come in five hours and four i don't care some people were selling four hundred dollars worth of stuff a day meaning four hundred dollars in their pocket yeah. and they're just walking out going i'm going to get a massage see you yeah you know we're young but anyway that was that sales perspective that sales entered me into a new realm of what i would call entrepreneurship mm-hmm. you know that was the most that was the most i'd ever made without having a steady paycheck although when i was in high school entrepreneurial was that even during this whole film thing we were doing mm-hmm. i was actually my first entrepreneurial venture i would say before i knew the word was i would i loved michael jordan sneakers jordan sneakers i would buy them off but my mom wouldn't buy them for me yeah. single parent you know yeah. mother she said can't do it yeah. um if you want these sneakers you have to work for them yeah. so i i'd, I'd save them my allowance money buy a pair wear them for a couple months and then i'd clean them up yeah. and then i'd resell them I resell them for about 80% of the value, patch that with my other allowance money, go buy another pair. Sometimes I would watch, I play basketball, as you know. So I would see guys playing in them, which means it meant to me, they don't value them anymore. So I'm, this is really a sought after sneakers. This is the way before the secret industry was what it is today. And I would buy them off their feet. I'd say, hey man, I know know we just played. I'm I'm at the park playing with guys, blah, 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 blah. We play six games. They're ready to go home. They put on their sandals. They have the sneakers. And I go, hey man, I know this is really weird. Would you sell these? And they're like, what are you talking about? I've been, I played in these things 52 times. Yeah. And I'm like, but I still saw value in them. Oh, yeah. And I was like, but I'll give you $40. Right now. They thought it was so weird. Yeah. They were like, what? You're just going to give me 50 bucks right now, right now. Yeah. Well, then they say, let me think about it. I'm like, nope, I'm never going to see you again. Yeah. We're at the park. Yeah. And then do it. They give me $50. And now I go home, put them through my little system, toothbrush, blah, 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 yeah. clean them up. And at one point in time, my mom walked into my room. I got seven, seven pairs of Jordans. She don't like, fit you. Right. And don't fit me. Yeah, yeah. Some of these things don't fit me. I don't even care. I'm going to find the buyer. That, and at that time, Jordans were so hot, people weren't even wearing their size. They uh-huh. were like, I wear 11, but you got a 13? Oh, well, I'm going to okay. buy it because I'll never get this sneaker again. Yeah. You know, this was before the internet. And, uh, that. Oh, wow. so, That's incredible. Yeah, so that was actually my first entrepreneurial journey. Even though I didn't know, I didn't make a lot of money, but what I did get was I got to, yeah, yeah it's like a stock market. I did get to yeah, buy low, yeah. fix it up, fix an asset. Yeah. Well, what do you do? You, you find things in the junk heap, right? The people run yeah. away, and you find the value in it. So, so who, um, where did you get that idea from? Because not everyone thinks that. Like everyone knows that logically, but no yeah. one, very few people act on it, particularly at, at your age. Yeah, right. The, the Jordan stuff or the cell phone stuff. Which is anything. I mean, the, I mean, the, the cell phone was more of like a, a job. You learned mm-hmm. the process mm-hmm. and you did it well. Mm-hmm. And given your personality, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I see how that went well. But the Jordans, that's, I mean, any kid in that playground could have done that. Yeah. you did it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So what? Why? Why did you look at this exact same data differently? Yeah. I think um, one. Excuse my language. I think I had the balls to literally ask somebody. Like, imagine me right now being like, it was just an adult version. Jay, like those wingtips. You're gonna have to walk to your car with no shoes on. But I will give you a thousand dollars right now. You might say yes. Yeah. You know, you're like, all right. You sure? It's yeah. weird. This guy is. I think. Uh, having the ball to do it and i think yeah at that time because man i'm asking a, a young boy yeah. to k- give me your stinky sneakers yeah, yeah. <laughs> for 50 yeah. bucks yeah. you know and they're like this is weird but hey yeah. i just sucker you know i gave him you know i'll say you know i you know he, he get my dirty sneakers and i got 50 bucks you know yeah. not knowing that i would go to another market with these yeah back into the suburbs or back wherever or other back well, even, even he did know he maybe he didn't want to do it Right, right. Maybe it's just not the big a deal. Parents yeah, another parents, right? So that's the, no, that's the, that's the crux yeah. of it. You're right. My mom wasn't gonna buy me. Yeah. So you're right. It yeah. it was my own addiction because I was like, I have to get the because they, they, the one thing we did have at that time we had magazines that would tell us when the music when when the shoe was coming out. Yeah. So I would know. I got a a, a month and in ten days before I can, before this thing comes out. And when this thing comes out, you got to be in line. Yeah. Even back then. So I'm like. I gotta find a way to get a hundred and ten dollars. That's how much they were. One hundred and ten dollars. Now they're two hundred. It's crazy. One hundred ten dollars to to be in line. And if I don't have it, I'm gonna miss it. And then I gotta go wait till that guy wears them for three weeks or three months. And then I gotta go try to buy him off his feet at the train station, which I also tried to do. So I think it was that need to like, how am I gonna get these? Yeah. How can I have these? I want I want them for myself. Mm-hmm. But then it became a oh wait, there's an overflow of this process mm-hmm. where other people would be knocking on my door. That's my mom. People would be screaming. Asking, it wasn't like lines at the door, but you know, a few yeah. people, hey, turn, turn, turn. And my mom's like, why are these people coming to the door? And I'm like, don't worry about it. 
she wouldn't let anybody in the house because she was like, I don't know these kids. So I had to bring them outside, put them on the stoop. I remember I have a, a rug and a mat, I put them on the stoop. Hey, man, this one's 60, this one's 80, this one's 50. And then sell them or not sell them and then bring them back. <laughs> so that's incredible. So, yeah. you, I mean, you have a lot of the um, the stories I read about for other very successful businesses, yeah. right? So you... Uh, um, you, you didn't uh, have the success the typical student has. No. So you found a place where you did have success. Right. And you worked it. Yeah. Right. And and you were an athlete too, so you also learned some other things, you know, about mm-hmm. about hard work there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you tried to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you and you did it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's incredible. Right out of thin air. Yeah. Right. Crazy. So yeah. it didn't exist beforehand, and you basically created a market. Yeah. Which is really uh, unbelievable. I, so um, not surprised you're doing well now, but how did you make that next jump? So now you have you have a lot of a lot of uh, foundational skills, yeah. right? Just just from grit and your own determination. Yeah. So how did you where how did you start journey? Was that a gigantic leap from where you are? At yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna I'll expedite that, that conversation because that's a, that's a that's a that's a lot that happened in between. Because I had one, two, three, three companies before I had journey. So in the back, so if we fast forward back to the crash in 08. Sure. Crash always happens. Again, I'm saying crash of always now, but at that time, people just, I just remember teachers just very concerned. Like, what are you going to do? I, I remember kids would goof off in class and they would stop the class and say, you know, Timmy, Tommy, whoever, parents, whoever, do you guys understand what you're going into? I don't know what she's talking about. She's like, this, this is, do you guys understand the market you're going into? This, you guys are joking around. You guys won't have a job. I just remember her just going off on people. Yeah, yeah. Now I understand because I'm older. It's been a yeah. few years. But at that time, I was like, huh? What do you mean? You know? Um, yeah. And so at that time, I, I started uh, with my, my, my the, the person who I was making the film stuff mm-hmm. with, Marquise. At that time, we started what's called, um, we, it was actually a DVD magazine, and then it turned into an online music magazine. Okay. And the only reason it turned in, so what a DVD magazine, people didn't know was, you literally, you go find the artist or you go find something, almost like a podcast before a podcast, yeah. you go get an interview with them or some type of content that, that they can't find readily on MTV at that time or BET or VH1. And you get them to talk about things that they wouldn't normally talk about that's, that's unique to people, you know, like maybe they talk about their Jordan collection, whereas they never really talked about that before because every time they do a press run, the people just ask them about, you know, uh, you know, like what's your, you know, how, what was your music making process? Like no one's asking them like your car collection, why are you so into that? Or how'd you invest into real estate? I was asking rappers, what, tell me how you're investing in a real estate. Like I wanted other types of questions and other answers, but this made it valuable content. And it was called progress DVD. Cause it was about like progressing yeah. forward, even as an artist, a music artist. So, um, we took our film knowledge, put it back into this product that we were creating with a physical product and made the DVD. Yeah magazine and from that dvd magazine where we're getting these artists on the magazine what happened was youtube came youtube came around 09 mm-hmm. and all this content that we were selling to barber shops and and sneaker stores because it was we, we would sell it wholesale it would be like two dollars for the uh two dollars a pop for the dvd and they'd sell it to 10 if they were if they were really you know advantageous 12 dollars you know and they, that rest would be margin for them we were selling them wholesale so Obviously, once that content goes to YouTube and people yeah. start clicking in YouTube, they're going, why do I need to pay for a physical, just like we don't yeah. buy CDs today? Yeah. And um, I had to make a choice. Like, we won our second round of it, um, just getting ready to put it back in stores. And by putting it back in stores, I mean driving to in a, in a Ford Explorer. Yeah. I dropped them off at every... Um, every clothing store, every TV store we can find. And that turned into um, uh, an online magazine because we had to bring it digital at the end mm-hmm. of the day. We had to bring it digital. That was great. We brought on a team of writers and, 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 and photographers and really, we really built something special. Anybody who was involved in that that may be listening to this, they know what we built together at that mm-hmm. time. It was really, really special. It was a special time too. And, uh, but the problem with that is we didn't have a business model because the business model before was selling physical products. Yeah. This product is you're you're making all this content. I mean, people were viewing because we had big name artists. We were getting five, ten thousand, fifteen thousand views on some parts. We could have wow. never done that with a with a, with a DVD. Sure. It, sure. But the problem is we didn't know how to monetize it. Yeah. yeah. And the only way that we found to monetize it was again it it bumbled into us. The local Boston artists would see that we had major artists um, on the DVD or in and on the online magazine, and they would say, "Can you a 
create a music video for us yeah. because we were doing free music videos for some of the artists, just, you know, sitting and walking around yeah. or making just, yeah. we wanted to make cool content yeah. that was going to be relevant. And then they're also going, can you also distribute it because you have an online magazine? Mm-hmm. So they know we have reach. They have no idea like what that reach means, but they're like, wait, you can make my music video and put it on your music magazine. Can we talk about this? Yeah. And on at first I said, no, at first I was like, what are they talking about? This is disrespectful to me being the, <laughs> creative director of this music magazine and this movement. We had t-shirts everywhere we went. We had lanyards that we made up, made up ourselves to get us in the press conferences. It was crazy, man. Like, so the stuff that we, that we were pulling off just by creating something, anything. And, and I just remember one time I said, yeah, I can't do that. And they were like, what do you mean you can't do that? Look, do we need to give you more money? I thought they wanted me to do it for free. The music artists. And then like, I was like, yeah, what, what type of money are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, well, we, we said 2000 we can do 3000 So I'm like, wait, you're going to pay me $3,000 to make a music video? Okay, I can start talking about this. And then the fact that we could leverage it by putting it on the online magazine that we had, the distribution, yeah, yeah, you got the whole- they're going, it's more valuable to work with you because even if I get a better video from XYZ, the filmmaker, then you gotta go no, then I got to I gotta go back to you, back yeah. to you guys to put it on there as an ad. You know, we were putting them, we were putting music videos before, before content with, you know, big music artists. You know what I mean? So, um, anyway, that was all long-winded, but that was to say that that was what I did after college. That was the way I made money after college. Is we went from the music, we went from the DVD to the music magazine, music magazine to music video, and that started. That turned my first, the sec, I guess you'd call it the second company, PMLive.com, the music magazine, to Think Forward Production. Okay. And Think Forward Productions had a long span of like five, four and a half, five years after that, where we were fully focused the first two years, first two and a half years on just music videos. I mean, we did 52 music videos in a year and a half. Wow. So you break that down, it's almost a music video every other week. I mean, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty crazy yeah. the amount of the volume that was coming out. And why is not just because we're that great. It was because music artists were looking for an alternative to the machine yeah. that how are you going to get exposure yeah. if you weren't on, if you didn't have the connect with the music label and yeah. MVV, they're going, we're going to go through Google and YouTube, yeah. you see? So they're going, how can I, you know what I mean? How can I expose myself to a bigger audience using yeah. this? You know, how were they able to make money? Cause we found is these, the, the labels yeah. actually do create phenomenal value. Yeah. Right. You get a million downloads on Spotify. What do you, you know, what do you make? Make hardly anything. Yeah. Whereas if they were signed to Sony, you know, the artists could make, you know, a couple million dollars maybe, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's because the label did a whole lot of work and had connections, et cetera, et cetera. So were you able to somehow step in and bridge that gap between? No, very little I, and- no, that was way bigger, bigger, big, way too big of a machine than I, than I, than I, I knew what to do with at the yeah. time. You know, I just knew that we could create MTV level video content yeah. and they were really happy about that, right? Just strictly from a brand perception, yeah. they're like, okay. These guys can make me look yeah. like I'm Jay-Z, yeah. even if I'm not Jay-Z, yeah. um, which was very valuable. And then they're going, I have a place to put this. Yeah. It's just that basic, you know. Even if I went to YouTube, then after that, they'd have to figure out how to do something. But I'm, I, that was as far as I could get them, yeah. <laughs> like to YouTube. Because okay. before, they're just yeah. the local artists, just, you know, rapping at a, or singing at a, at a coffee shop, yeah. and I'm at least getting them to YouTube. Yeah. And then a lot of times, they would have to have a PR person get that YouTube video onto said music magazine, yeah. Pitchfork, you know, OK Player, yeah. MTV.com, MTV U, MTVU, which was the university version of MTV. So they got to take it from there, but at least I got them there, yeah. you know? So that, that was as far as that went. Yeah, huh. um, I can see the beginnings of journey here. You got a couple kinda, of things, right? yeah, you yeah. Got a little branding, you got a little, little bit, yeah. Little leads, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, uh, Twitter was getting bigger, Facebook was getting bigger. So that ended, but, but to your point, it ended. It ended because there was no uh, repeat customer. Yeah. Because they would do it with us once, yeah. they would love it, yeah. they would put it out, and then they didn't have a system in place to get a return on investment, and, and we didn't level up fast enough to get to the music, the music label. Yeah. So it's not, like, it's not like Def Jam found us and we're like, right. see what you're doing with these artists. Forget about all that. We'll just bring you in-house and yeah. buy you out. That yeah. didn't happen. You know, it happened to a lot of filmmakers that yeah. get them in, but it just didn't happen for us. Um, and so I, I thought, you know, and I was getting burnt out. I remember, you know, cause remember every artist wants the next creative yeah, yeah. genius thing. And yeah. it's like, all right. Yeah. For what? For like 4,000 bucks, 2,000 <laughs> bucks for 500 bucks. Yeah. You want the next 
yeah. you know, thrilling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson thrilling. And it, 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 it just it started burning out. And I was like, you know what? I was getting a little older at that time. And I was like, you know what? I want to work. If I'm going to do put all my creative marketing and city, film energy into something, I want it to be a sustainable business. Yeah. So my thought process after that was let's start pivoting to small businesses that had sustainable businesses. Like I wanted people that had been in business for 10 yeah. years. Why? Because I knew somewhere in there they had a marketing budget. Yeah. And they could somehow be able to pay us more consistently yeah. and we could bring all of our creative juice and, and, yeah. and technicalities around film and all that, whatever that was going to be. Like, at least I was doing it for someone that had a sustainable model. Um, so that was, that was the idea there. Also, um, I can't leave out that we were brought into the Boston.com, BostonGlobalBoston.com into their incubation, um, their, their incubation lab. They wanted to be like a, a Cambridge Innovation Center. Yeah. And they were trying to become cool again. And they were trying to figure out, they don't even know at that time, but they were trying to rebrand themselves yeah. from Boston.com to Boston Globe. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out what's the difference between yeah. the physical paper and the digital yeah. site. All that yeah. collision of timing is happening. And then we're in there as a, uh, a startup company. Mm -hmm. And we built out that program to 22 different uh, startups inside of that space. And we were the very first one. And the funny thing is that that was, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in God. And that was just God's timing. Because yeah. that, we got, when you said we, is a journey? Yeah. No, no, no. At the time, it was Think Forward. Oh, Think Forward. So there's these people. I needed a, I needed office space. Yeah. Somehow, this thing linked me up to this person that ended up at the, at the vice president of Boston.com. He brings me in. I'm just looking for a seat. Like, hey, man, I go sit in there. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt anything you're doing, sir. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I, I, yeah, he would give you a seat. But I actually need help building this whole yeah. thing out. Would you want to be a part of this? I'm like, yeah, I mean, this is cool, cool opportunity. So, yeah, we had a good run. You know, we had a good run. Um, I still don't think that they were, they utilize all of our expertise and our yeah. talents, but I also understand now that's just the behemoth of the beast of yeah. corporate America. I thought, I thought that took it very personal at the time. Yeah. Why are you bringing me into this meeting to ask me for my input, yeah. giving you my input? I know these things will work, yeah. and you don't execute on anything, anything, yeah. you know? And, and then when I ask you, well, did that make sense? You go, yeah, it made it absolute sense. And then three months down the road, nothing executed. It was, it was, it, 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 it hurts you. You know what I mean? You're like, what? My, my idea is not valid. Why does this work? You know? And it's ironic today that the same place, that big bohemian of a place, Boston.com, I go, I drive by it every day and it's being torn down now. Yeah, yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes, had they, could we have made any type of debt had we they listened to some yeah. of those things? Because journey's on the up. Yeah. Boston.com is down. Yeah. Or Boston Globe is down. Yeah. Different. That's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not just because of me or that's yeah. just the world shifting. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I was just trying to help them make that shift a little better. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I gave them to open my whole world up to digital marketing and advertising. And I learned so much just soaking up presentations from different, from JetBlue and everybody who would come. I was just, I was just, yeah. a, I was just a. Uh, so you realize you, you did, you did know a lot more than a lot of the other executives do. I, I don't want to say that, but I knew something. I knew something that they didn't know. Yeah. They knew a lot, but I knew something that they didn't know. I'm not going to disrespect. What, 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 was, what, was, what was something? What, what were they missing that you that you uh, had from your filmmaking experience? Hard to put into words. I feel like they they were afraid to build real community yeah. around content. They were just so fixated on advertising platforms and advertising content, and they was like, "But what are what are people actually drawn to?" They, 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 I wanted them to think more like Facebook and Instagram yeah. versus digital sites that we're selling at, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and and at that time, I wish they would have started the process of redefining what news is, you know, because news was changing. What and who was, you know, Twitter was it was getting big at that time, and they were trying to fight it. They weren't working with Twitter. Later at the end they were, but they were trying to fight it. It's almost to be like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not real news. You know, we got the journalists that's been around for 20 years. And there's a value to that, but they weren't respecting yeah. that there was a value to people educating other people yeah. with their own platform, yeah. you know? So they also have a different view on branding that you have? You also oh, have yeah. that, was, that was one of the big defining light bulbs that went yeah. in my head. I sat with it doesn't even matter. I just, the name of the person doesn't matter. But I sat with a very high level exec, and I, and I said, I was reading a book. I'll never forget. It was called um, Design Thinking 
yeah. uh, which was an architectural book, or I, I'm, I'm always into books that have nothing to do with my space. Yeah. So I was listening to architectural, reading this architectural book, well, creative book called Design Thinking. And the book was talking about the power of brand and brand going forward and how everybody's going to be a brand going forward. And I remember going to that, that C-level suite meeting and I said, guys, we really got to focus on brands. What is Boston.com's brand going to be and for what niche audience? And I just remember them going, brand, what are you talking about? Like they literally said, what are you talking about? I couldn't believe it. This, this multi-million dollar, a billion dollar place or whatever, and you don't even know what, like they, they had no idea. Well, because they want to just get customers, right? They get revenue, so it's different. So I think that's also... At the time, it's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. At the time. So, so I think that's also a problem that uh, all of us business owners have yeah. uh, if we're not already thinking about it, mm -hmm. right? So how do you help people bridge that gap? You know, how do you yeah. help the, uh, you know, the, the dentist or the, yeah. you know, the other the business owner that um, thinks that brand is um, this kind of squishy thing or it's light blue versus dark yeah. blue versus yeah. this is me and I have to communicate who I am yeah. or I'm not going to have a business in five years, which is kind of where we're going in right. some places, right? Right, right, right. Well, I think, I think we, how do we help them? I would say that number one, it's important for them to understand that. And it, I remember doing this at Boston.com. I was like, you guys are too big. You guys keep getting jet going here and trying to make them do, it was just like a big versus big. It was like big dog, big dog. And I said, and I remember saying, what if you guys made Boston.com and then niched it down, having a site for each individual niche of viewer. Yeah. So I'm just making a form right now, making one up right now. Boston.com, women's volleyball. Yeah. Boston.com, um, hip hop Boston. Yeah. Boston.com and a site yeah. specifically dedicated to each individual niche underneath the umbrella of big. Yeah. Yeah. Because I knew they couldn't stop being big. Yeah. But I was like, you gotta start the because you're getting eaten alive by these little niches that are just like nibbling at your your, yeah. your cheese. Yeah. And eventually they're gonna all nibble yeah. to the point where you're gone. Yeah. And uh, I think so I think I I look at that and I, I never made that connection until today, just now that, that was those conversations. But yeah, it's it's really about look, the no matter what industry you're in, marketing's changed to a point where it, it, a lot of those guys you're talking about, they're so focused on reach. How much reach can I get? Reach is not the game anymore. Yes, reach is important, but reach to what audience? Yeah. Because when, as of the last 20 years, everybody was, or, you know, from 1950 up to 1990, late 1990, it was just about can Jay's business get the most reach because he can outreach his competitor. But it's going the exact opposite direction because the customer has all the, uh, they have a lot of the power because they're looking for information. So you've got to reverse engineer that idea of reach. And the most simplest terms is just focus on one niche audience and position yourself to be the best for that niche audience. Problem is a lot of businesses are very scared to speak to just one person, yeah. one persona. Yeah, you, want to, you don't want to give up any leads. Like if you're a, yep. a realtor or a yep. lawyer or an accountant yep. or you know, you know, the, the dentist and we have to practice yep. clients, it, it is hard. So what they've been doing the last 20 years, what yep. they've been taught yeah. to do in school right. before that yeah. is, yeah. Now, uh, is now very different. Yeah, because of yeah. that phone we all have in our pocket. And Seth Godin, I love Seth Godin as a thought leader, as a marketing, you know, thought leader. And he says, you're already giving up the lead yeah. because if you were Oprah, then you wouldn't need the lead, right? <laughs> so he's like, you're better off yeah. saying, you know what? If I'm a financial wealth consultant, I'm a financial wealth consultant for, I'm making something up right now, for, I'm positioning myself to be the financial wealth specialist expert for um, retiring um, 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 professional athletes. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, you got to give up leads from Terrence and, you know, my grandpa, you got to give it up for right now. But once you get Kyrie Irving and then maybe you end up with, you know, Gordon Haywood and then maybe that leads you to Gordon Haywood's brother who's an MLB player. Next thing you know, in five years, you're seen as not just the guy with the expertise of, of financial wealth consulting, but specifically that understands our pain yeah. and problems as guys who are really trying to re-identify re, re ourselves. And we don't know much about them. We didn't even finish college. You know what I mean? We need people like you that we can trust, yeah. but we need to know that you understand our story. That's what it's coming down to. It's not just about these guys. A lot of these businesses need to understand. It's not just about your expertise. We're assuming everybody has that now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Can you connect the dots between your expertise and my story, whatever my niche is, yeah. and that is the marketing communication that actually connects. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks they have these channels. I have, we, I have YouTube. I have 
Facebook, I have Instagram. Man, this is great. We all have all these channels, but they're diluted because the content is not connecting with people because everybody else has the opportunity to market. So well. speaking of all yeah. those different platforms, so how do you look at, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram? I mean, do you look at those all? People need to use all of them, or does it depend on, on the industry or what or what they're trying to who they're trying to talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first off, it starts with the business goal for me. Like, do you need to be a, a five million dollar company? You know, do you need to be? A, are you trying to be Uber, or yeah. can you be just Uber for your town? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that starts there because if you get a, if you're telling me I, I got a, I, I, I have a big hairy goal that I want to be I want to fight Uber and I'm going to get in a lift conversation. Yeah. Well, then yeah, we're going to need a lot of these. And we're going to have to be very strategic over time and the resources about how to do them. Mm -hmm. But if you're just like, man, I would love to have 100 customers paying me on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we could probably just focus on one podcast. Mm -hmm. We could just focus on one blog series sure, sure. and really max it out and really focus sure. in on it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's great that these platforms are all available, but um, it's just like tools in a toolbox to me. Sure. There's plumbers that can probably get it done with the same wrench they used 30 years ago. They're that good with that one yeah. thing. And there's other plumbers that are like, I got the state-of-the-art tool tech box. They're selling that off to people, but at the end of the day, they don't even need all those toolboxes. So they don't know how to use them all. They just, they just like looking at a big yeah. toolbox. Does that, does that help? Yeah, no, it does. So, so how about people that, you know, I see some people are, you know, constantly on social media, whether it's, you know, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and wondering really if that's a good use of their time. If you're running a media industry uh, uh -huh. company, then that certainly makes sense. But right. A lot of these other professionals almost as a distraction at yeah. that point. Yeah, that's uh, and, and then now are you are you able to help kind of limit that and just kind of focus in some areas or do you just kind of pick one and one channel, if you will, and, and focus on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. And, and the truth of the matter is that those worlds are combining, you know, the business operations and the person who run the business and the fact that to, uh, to keep attention, to keep awareness, to keep connection to an audience, the best are becoming media production companies. You look at examples like Red Bull. These guys used to sell. They don't. They don't sell cans of whatever anymore. They they got a whole media uh, uh, empire. Yeah. Then they were one of the first to say, "We're well, actually we're in the business of creating content, yeah. and on the back end of that, we're going to sell a product." Yeah. Now I'm not. I'm not suggesting you know family dentists do that. Go that far. It, there is a, a, a tug and pull that's like, are we going to a media production company? Seriously thinking about that podcast, blog. Twitter, Instagram stories, how deep are we going to go versus running the actual business? Mm -hmm. um, how deep are we going to go into investing into that? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think your answer is what, what do I suggest mm -hmm. for it? It's, it's, it's back to the, the business itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, do they have the personality? I mean, if you're running my bitches off, I'm going to have, I want you talking, but if you're not, you know, like, you know, like my, my, you know, somebody's grandma, maybe you're not best suited for it. Yeah, that, yeah you, that's true. you need to have the, the right skills. Um, interesting. So, um, can you give an example of, because of, uh, I saw something on your website mm -hmm. with, a, uh, with a, a high school, which is really fascinating. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't think that that would really move the dial. And I also saw like a clothes company. I mean, very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you, I would think that these things were necessarily, they either have it in place or it just wouldn't work. So yeah. I, I mean, whatever, or if there's another example you want to talk about, I think when you kind of put it all together, I think that would help people see you know, the benefit of, of uh, yeah. you know, working with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Um, we're not, we're not in a industry. We're not in an industry problem anymore. Uh, and that's for anybody with a company. So if you're listening to this, you're like, oh man, Jay said journey does things with real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not a real estate agent. Can't work with me. No, because we're in a bigger, we have a bigger problem here. The bigger problem is approach. Um, Journey's biggest value proposition is that we're pushing the idea that no matter what business you're in, if you are a service provider, that means that people have to deal with you and your service team, right? There's no way you're going to the, you know, you, there's no way you're getting, you're going to a massage par parlor and not getting a massage. Like you're going to have to talk, deal with a human. Yeah. If you are in the human business, then yeah. you are now in the content business if you want to market correctly. And if you're in the content business, the approach there should be to be becoming a go-to resource. That's very different than what most people do when they get the tools in their hand for film work, mm -hmm. for, for, for even if, if I give you all the podcast, you know, equipment in the world, what's the intent? That's what it is. Sure. The intent is to be, your, your, the intent should be to become a go-to resource. Mm -hmm. When that is the intent and that is executed mm -hmm. properly on a consistent basis, mm -hmm. then 
you're getting the ability to cut through all of that noise mm-hmm. and drive in the leads that you want. So it's not an industry thing. It's whatever industry you're in, mm-hmm. do are you going into marketing, content marketing, if you want to be specific, yeah. with, with the intent to become a go-to resource? Yeah. If you are and you're dedicated towards that, then we're the type of company that can help you use all those tools yeah. to get you there. Tools as far as the technical aspects of film, tools as far as creating content strategy, mm-hmm. tools as far as distributing. Yeah. You know, but if your intent is, I want to talk all about me, give me all that you guys have, it won't work because yeah. it's just about you. You yeah. know, could you could you talk a little bit? I mean, again, you don't have to. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, the more I'm, I'm I'm thinking about this, I, I like the um the high school example because yeah. high yeah. schools are you know it's a commodity in some yeah. ways, right? Yeah. yeah. You got yeah. school, you got really good teachers, you got yeah. good students. I mean, this school looked on the outside like it was good school. Yeah. And my kids, I love to send my kids there. So why were they struggling? And why did having you come in, right. a couple of videos, how did that change their enrollment to go up, you know, 100%? It was an independent school, right? So yeah. it's not a public school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have to, you know, um, you know, get people to want to pay money to send their children there. But, they're, you know, they're, they're all, I, I think it's hard for it to be a, you know, a bad one when you think of the tuition that they're charging, yeah, right? But yeah. still, it's, it's difficult to get people to commit. So what was your process in, in trying to breaking down what their problem is and how you're going to help, you know, use your service to help them solve it? This is a great case study example. I'm glad you're bringing this up because when they, they were introduced to me by a marketing uh, a marketing agency owner who I built a relationship over the last couple of years, they met at like a church gathering. And this woman, it's very important, this, the marketing director for the school said, and she's the admissions director as well, pretty small operation yeah. going on internally, but she said, I want to use film work to do a couple of explainer videos. Mm-hmm. And they had a decent budget, mm-hmm. a five-figure budget. Mm-hmm. And I said, so that was the original start of the conversation on the phone. And I said, well, let's back up here because can we do this for you? Yes. Mm-hmm. They wanted to compete with another private school in the area. They were losing a lot of yeah. market share to this other private school that had a longer tradition. Yeah. And they said, so we're going to do, they saw that, that company's yeah. website or that yeah. school. Like, oh, man, this explainer video that shows school and it shows the gym and yes. kids eating lunch and they yeah. said we want to do this for us yeah and i and that so that approach had shifted yeah. i said you know but do you think it's more valuable because you guys have a, a unique vision around what your school is about i asked her a lot about her brand and the funny thing is she had a good she had a document oh. that was breaking it somebody had thought about this yeah. she's like yeah i have it she sent it over to me i said oh man you've done a lot of work here but that wasn't playing out through the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of this, I said, man, we have, we have a, a, an opportunity here because you've already done a lot of the brand positioning work, meaning identity, values, experience. Mm-hmm. What ha- these are what I'm talking about when I say branding. Not logo, not signage. That's a part of That's the aesthetic. Yeah. That's the cosmetics of the brand. I'm talking about the heart, yeah. you know? And so she had this work there, and I said, you know what? And it was a pretty easy, uh, because she already wanted high-end video. Yeah. It was a pretty easy uh, bridge because I said, what if instead of doing for that same budget that we were going to do two yeah. videos, three, yeah. why don't we do a whole series? Let's do 24 and let's put out a video every single week for the next six months because she was also doing what's called inbound marketing, meaning putting out blogs every, she was trying to do them every week, every month, but it was so hard yeah. and she's by herself. And I said, so not only will I get you the content where you can, you can put it out every week, so you're getting a ton more volume, it's going to be a ton more value for the person on the other end, the kids, the students, the parents that are getting this in their email, because you get to show up. And this is the whole idea of journey. The whole idea of journey, we didn't really talk about it, is that you're building a journey of education for your client on the other side. That's why the company is there, because you're, you need to build it. It's not enough to just tell your story. That was cool in 1996. That was cool in the beginning of 2000. It's, your story is so important. But what's more important before that, before they get to that story, is are you positioning yourself as a go-to resource? And are you providing a journey of education that they don't have to stop seeing you? Because the appetite in these social mm-hmm. spaces yeah. is that I want content every day. Sure. So you, me and you doing a $10,000 video, mm-hmm. even if you put out the first day, yeah, it'd be good for the first day, and then what? Yeah, yeah. They forgot about it. We're going to keep reposting it every single day yeah. because the appetite for the space is, yeah. I want something new. This so, is, yeah, this, this is so amazing to me, Paris, because she asked you to do something. Yeah. And you didn't do it. No. 
she was going to give you a lot of money. You didn't take matter it. Matter of fact, matter of fact, if she pushed you, I bet you probably wouldn't have done it, nope, right? I said, she, I, said, she was going to do the wrong thing. Yep, I said, I said, I said, I said, you know what's funny? We got the call. I said, I know this is a new concept to you. She loved it. She said, this makes a lot of sense. She said, this yeah. is a no-brainer. Yeah. And she said, and I said, and it's a, the key thing is she had the, she had the, the, the budget for it. Yeah. So I just redirected her budget with a different intent and approach. So you, you journeyed her. I journeyed her. Yeah. <laughs> so like no education, right? This yeah. Is yeah. Needs. Yeah. Because you listen to what she needed. Yep. Right. Because that, that, that's, that's what I liked about you when I initially mm-hmm. met you. Is you were able to very quickly get, uh, see things from my point yeah. of view. Yeah. Right. Uh, again, none of us are special snowflakes. But yeah. you have to ask a couple of questions. I can guarantee you, your peers in the industry would have taken the money, oh. did what she wanted. Yep. And she would have been upset that she still didn't get anywhere. Right. Because she's asking the wrong thing because she doesn't have your experience. I know the journey she would have went on. She would have got the thing that she wanted. Would have looked. I'm not doubting there's amazing filmmakers. I'm not even doubting this. Filmmakers 10 times better than me. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with are they able to connect yeah. from a branding messaging standpoint with that film work. They're just making really nice looking yeah. film work. So, I, 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 yeah, you're right. She, I said, you know, after the call, and I was checking in with her throughout the call. I said, does this make sense to you? Like, I don't want to feel like I'm pushing you in a direction that you didn't want to go. She said, no, because it's getting me to the goal faster, which is admission, you know, getting the right, getting, gaining the trust of parents from the school and admission, you know? Yeah. That's what she wanted. She yeah. wanted, they, to, be, to be completely candid, okay. they, were, they just spent a lot of money building out the school. Yeah. They got yeah. investment money and they were yeah. building. So yeah. she's going, we're prepared to take on X amount new kids yeah. at X amount dollar per year. Yeah. And we don't have a vehicle for that, like besides what we're doing. Um, and I don't feel like what we're doing is actually working that well. I'm willing to try something different, yeah. especially if our competitors aren't doing it. She was open, and I, and I give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, it paid off. She met you, so you, you focused on her and what she needed. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't just do what you were told, right, which, right. which is rare because most people turn themselves into order takers. Yes, right? I yeah, Jay, I remember telling her, I will push the money back. I've done this a few times. I mean, I'm talking about times where I've been struggling yeah. because I know it, 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 they're not going to get what they want from it, whether they know it or not. And yeah. I don't want to be the person they come back to and be like, you know, yeah. you know, I'm mad at you for this X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And for reputation-wise, yeah. I can't say keep, keep talking this way, that this is our brand, yeah. and then keep taking money doing extra other random stuff yeah, yeah, on the yeah. side. It yeah. doesn't work. So I push yeah. money back to Take it, and you can do it. And I'll even point you to direction, yeah, yeah. local film place. Yeah. And I, I told her, I said, you should check out local film place. I wanted her to have context. Yeah. I wasn't going to say, oh, you like this right now? Sign up right now. Most people do. Yeah. Oh, this sounds great on the phone, right? So if you just put down a deposit right now, I, I didn't say I said, go call them. And she called them, I think. And yeah. she said, I talked to them, and I get it. I got it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. This is different. I, like, I, I get it now. And but, I, then, but then when you went and did the work, you didn't do – what she, you know, uh, what she was expecting. You did way more. Yeah. Right? She just wanted two or three pieces. Yeah. You gave her content. It sounds like for maybe for a year. Or yeah. Has to yeah. Months, this whatever. is stuff that will be repackaged. I like to call our content, our blog content, the blue jean, the blue jean theory. Like this is like a blue jean. You could dress it up yeah. for going to the church on yeah. the Easter. Yeah. It's a nice pair of blue jeans. Yeah. So you can dress it all the way down to go get a beer with your buddies yeah. and go throw a football in the backyard. Blue jean means that it can be yeah. repurposed, recycled, and reused yeah. for many different intentions. Yeah. Right, and that to me, that's value. That's asset. I don't think I don't think about our episodes for these clients. Yeah. I don't think about them as as uh, videos. Yeah. Think about it as assets. And the problem is, most people don't know how to use like an asset. Similar to your world, yeah. it, 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 is this is this place an asset? I don't know. You have to understand more about how do you buy it, how do you sell, it? what do you have to fix up to make it more of an asset. Mm-hmm. How do you use this place to be an asset? And and probably in the wealth management world, but sure. in my world, I'm thinking, yes, yeah, you have this beautiful thing that. Is it, 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 it uh, these episodes, yeah. right? Twenty four of them. Yeah. But now that they're, that they're done, yeah. what can we do with these to move the bottom line? Yeah, I can connect the dots with that. I, yeah. I help them connect the dots with that, as well as make the yeah. content. You know, so um, so you did it just you just did, did some filming like over a day or two. Yeah, or it took us one two two days, and that's <laughs> that's that's more high uh, high yeah. value because they're not we're not doing this we're not sitting there for weeks and weeks and yeah. weeks on end where. Uh, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, line items are just yeah, yeah. the invoice is just going crazy. You know, no. We, I, I told her actually stick one number, give me the number, mm-hmm. and I'll we'll take on everything under that. Yeah, no, that's and and she didn't pay a dollar. She didn't pay a penny more. And yeah. I said under that, I'm gonna take all of that and get you what 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 we need. Now, in between that, I might have to fudge some things and you know kind of make sure that we can fit it within yeah. within that scope because there's still our with business logistics. But you don't have to worry about that. You're not gonna get an invoice for yeah. extra hours that you didn't yeah. plan on. You know? Yeah, no, that, that's incredible. So um, she got um, 
exactly what she needed, but not what she wanted. Yeah. Right? And she got, they got the results based on your website, right? Yeah. They got, they got, they got the, the students they needed yeah. to fill the, the seats that they um, yeah, their admission rate, to my knowledge, had never been that high. Now, that's a construct of a few things that happened during that time. Not just us, but, you know, everything worked together. You know what I mean? And their social is a lot more fruitful than it was before. They're getting to the point where they're about to start repurposing. They haven't even used these as ads yet. That's, that's a beautiful thing. They haven't wow. even repackaged them with us. They will this year yeah. as ads to start directly lead generation. You know, that was happening all organic, which is even more special yeah. through their email newsletters yeah. and, and sending it to moms and parents and parents sending it to other people. They were digging this content yeah. because the content was educational and resource driven, not come on down yeah. and walk through the school and, and you need to be here and, and, yeah. and, and talking bad about the, the other school, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and it, that's great. I think the number one thing they were able to do is look at themselves as a value connector with the parents saying, you know what? Yeah, you could go to X, Y, other more prestigious mm -hmm. school. But what we're telling you is we, we are standing on these values as a school. Mm -hmm. Your kid will come here and maybe the basketball court, which we actually do have a beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. basketball court, but maybe the basketball court isn't as nice as the other school. And maybe, you know, um, maybe uh, we don't have a track record of winning the, you know, the, the football team winning the Super Bowl six times in a row. But what we do have is teachers that are dedicated to making sure your students, your, 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 your daughter and your son, get these values instilled within, within their time here and we're, we're fearlessly dedicated. And we got that through without having to say it, yeah. by instead showing it yeah. through the vlog content. Yeah, which is really powerful. That's why you need the video. That's why only print is not effective because you yeah. don't get that, that right. tone, the transference of feeling, all those right. things come through when you see those teachers. I saw the video on your website and you could tell these, these people really care. Yeah. Right, right. And you can't. You, you could have written ten pages and it wouldn't come. Across. No, they come across. But ten seconds, it's like, wow, okay, yep. great. That's what I want to know. I, I can see my children, you know, being taught by this person. Yeah, absolutely. And getting the right, uh, the right lessons. And 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 you know what's funny to, to add on to that is some people see what we're doing now because we're, we're, it's funny. I, I tell them, look, you probably thought you were coming get an explainer video. You probably had your budget set up. I meet with a nonprofit next week. Same thing. And I said, you know, it's funny, you're going to end up with a Netflix series. You know, that's what I call this stuff. This is a Netflix series, and I'm going to show you how to use, how to distribute the next Netflix series. Because at the end of, end of the day, you, you don't have a, a Netflix yeah. distribution platform. Yeah. So even when I give, even when you have the content, how, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, and how are you going to generate something from that? Yeah. And I just feel that a lot of, unless you're Nike or some of these big consumer brands, you often don't have the brand uh, specialist you need the content creation specialist you need and the distribution lead gen specialist you need, especially coming from social media. Both, they don't have all those assets that often, if they do have a marketing director or marketing team, it's two people, yeah. three people. So I feel that journey comes in and provides so much value because that expertise is all within what we do as a specialized service, you know? Um, and it, it makes it so like they, they have it all in one place, like you said. Um, yeah. Well, this, um, uh, this interview has been an incredible journey. Yeah. We're <laughs> <laughs> getting up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. To, um, uh, yeah. Doing your first, uh, your first uh, movie. Yeah. To winning your first award. Yeah. To uh, doing music videos. Yeah. Incredible. Now you're helping um, uh, children get educated and all sorts of other things. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's amazing. All the, all the lives are changing. Yeah. And I, and I challenge, you know, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than Journey. I challenge two people. I challenge creators. If you're an SEO guy, a, a, a filmmaker guy, a de web designer, graphic designer on the creative or the, uh, the services side, and then I, I challenge them to say, what is the biggest impact that you're, what is on the other side of working with you? Because if the only thing on the other side of working with you is a web page that got built or a logo that got built, then that's not enough value anymore. You know what I mean? It just isn't. It, we're going into a space where for who, for what are you doing that? What does that do for them, you know? Not to say that skill set isn't important, but challenging, really pushing. What does this mean anymore? Why are we doing this anymore? Not to stop doing it, but just to bring clarity, intent, intentional. Why are we doing this? And then for the, the service businesses, stop looking at your favorite brands that you say branding doesn't matter, but you only buy Nikes for a reason. You don't go buy parents' sneakers. Why? Even if, even if they were built better, I bet you wouldn't buy them. Nah. Nike. Brand. You buy brands. Um, in anything you do, even this might, whatever. And why do you do that? And to challenge yourself to say, I'm in that same game now too. And I need help. It's okay if you need help. But if you don't make that help now, someone who does that dentist office down the street, is going to get it because they're a little bit younger, a little more hipper. They're on these platforms and they will find us or someone like us 
and they'll start doing that work. And when they, if they do that enough consistently, they're going to start taking that market share. Yeah. And I truly believe that the, the you, and, and you serve better. You feel better when you know who you're serving as a business, and you you've nailed it down. This is who our our, our most valuable client is. You can speak better to them. You can offer deliver a better dentist experience, and you can pattern the dentist experience around their needs. Yeah. And I just think where we're going, it's almost like, yeah, I just think that's where we're going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, focusing down and building deeper rather than wider. Got it. Got it. No, that makes sense. Well, if uh, someone's listening to this and saying, I really need to talk to you so you can help me yeah. uh, build a better brand for myself yeah. and my company, uh, what's the best way for me to reach you? Um, they can reach me on uh, Instagram at, uh, at journey, J-O-U-R-N-I dot C-O. Um, they can reach um, through our site, J-O-U-R-N-I dot C-O. Um, and then I'm just Terrence Womack, wherever, uh, on any social platforms, um, or just my email, Terrence, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, not A-N-C-E, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, at journey, J-O-U-R-N-I dot C-O. Got it. Journey dot C-O, Terrence Womack. Well, thank you very much, Terrence, for your time. And thank all of you for listening to Find a Unique Value. We look forward to sharing our next guest with you next week. Thank you. The Finding Unique Value podcast is sponsored by Elliott Asset Management. We help successful entrepreneurs create wealth outside of their business. To discover the five ways successful entrepreneurs become intelligent investors and grow wealth beyond their business, visit ElliottAm.com slash webinar.